This weekend is Memorial Weekend, Memorial Day weekend. And it's the time of year, it's the, it's the year that our country sets aside an opportunity to remember those who have given the ultimate sacrifice. And so this morning, as I was just listening to the Holy Spirit and getting ready this morning, <clears throat> I had the leading or the thought that we need to pray for those, not obviously who have paid the ultimate sacrifice. That's, you know, they, they are, they have received their reward. But there are a lot of family members still, still dealing with those losses. There are, there are many people who had, who lost loved ones in, in World War II. You know, obviously wars before that, but, you know, we're, those, the World War I has, that generation has passed. But World War II, Korea, Vietnam, both Gulf Wars, Grenada, other actions around the world, there are people <clears throat> in this congregation who have lost loved ones through military action, because of military action. And so, yes, the ones who have who passed, who, those who have died in battle, gave the ultimate sacrifice, but there are family members who continue to give that ultimate sacrifice. Let's pray for them. Amen? Father, we do come before you, and Lord, your heart is for people. Father, you love people. And your heart, you feel, you know, when anyone hurts, when anyone has any pain. And pain of loss, pain of, of sorrow, of the loss of a lo- lost loved one may get less intense, but it's never gone. And so, Father, whether it was a father, a brother, a son, for those in our country who have lost their daughters in conflicts, Father, we lift them up right now. We remember the sacrifice that they've made. We remember what they have done for this country. Lord, we we lift up these families who still experience the loss. Fill their days, Father. Fill their times. Fill them with life and life more abundantly. And I pray, Father, that that sacrifice never goes unregarded. That as a people, as a as a, as a nation, we never take one life for granted. Thank you for it, Father. Thank you for these people who have, who have laid down their lives for their friends, family, and for our nation. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And then as a public service announcement. We have, we have a dignitary among us today. We have a, 
a young man who will be the, leading the, the uh, Memorial Day Parade tomorrow in Bayport. Warren, can you stand for just a moment? Oh. He'll be he'll be riding in the lead car. Are there three cars or just one? Not sure how it's going to work out. He and his two brothers will be in the will be leading the parade. So the three the three UTech boys take Bayport tomorrow <laughs> tomorrow morning. If you'd like to be there to cheer them on, Amen, Amen. And thank you for all the veterans who have served and families who have served, families who have given, Amen. Turn with me to Romans chapter 8. You've heard this a few times this year. You'll hear it a few more times, I'm sure. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing the the word of God. Romans chapter 8, begin with verse 18. Says, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it. In hope, that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons the redemption of our bodies. We ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoptions as sons, the redemption of our bodies. Groanings. So, praise God, things are back to normal this morning as opposed to last Sunday morning, when things were completely out of control. And one of the things that I always want to be aware of is that when anything happens in a, in a church service here, when anything's happening in the Spirit, that it's explained, that it's understood. Um, in the Bible, and we, we see many different stories, and I, and I started looking them all up, and I thought, well, it would just be a, a list of passages, and you know, we can't touch on them all, and some apply, some don't, but there are many times through the Old Testament, and a few in the New Testament, where God had people demonstrate something, demonstrate in the natural what was happening in the Spirit, or what was about to happen in the Spirit. And I always want to be very sensitive that, that when something like that happens, we just don't move right on past and, and go, oh, that was neat, you know, inter- interesting. Maybe not neat, it was interesting. Or it was, but what was that all about? Why do or why does God 
do things like that. Because I can tell you uh, firsthand, I can tell you from my own experience, and even of the last week, there are many things that I don't necessarily plan or want to have happen. And being extremely emotional and kind of overwhelmed the way I was last week is not on my list of, of uh, things that I just, hey, oh, Lord, I hope you move this morning in the service and just go ahead and mess with me, you know. I mean, I don't care if he messes with me. There's lots of ways to mess. But sometimes there are things that happen and you just, there are outside of my plan, our plan. And that's good. Because if they're outside of my plan, but they're still lined up with the Word of God, then they're His plan. And when He does something like that, you, I do, I personally, and I think we should all do this as mature believers, we should immediately start looking for the fruit. Is there fruit of what happened? And I don't mean, you know, fruits and nuts, you know. There's plenty of that in the world. There's plenty of that in the church. (laughs) But the fruit, does something happen? Does something come out of a move of God? I remember back in the 1990s, way back, way back, 1994, Pastor Dan and and, uh, myself and Pastor Kevin Humphrey, the pastor of River Valley Christian Church, and Roger Bruin, were supposed to go on a golf trip down to uh, North Carolina. It was, uh, we're going to take a couple of weeks, uh, actually just a week, and go down to North Carolina, play a few courses, because Pastor Kevin's from there. We'd be there and just you know play some golf and have some fun. And uh, Pastor Dan came to us uh, before, as we, as we were making the plans, and he goes, guys, can we do something different? He said, I just found out that there's some meetings going on in Florida, uh, in Lakeland, Florida. Uh, there's been a revival going on down there for a number of months at that point. And he said, I really feel like God wants us to go there. So we just said, yeah, well, why not? You know, it's Florida, North Carolina, it's probably warmer in Florida. Yeah, let's go to Florida. And he said, if the meetings are a bust, we just, we'll just go play golf like we were going to and move on. But otherwise, we can do both. We can go to the meetings and we can play some golf and, you know, do, do kind of a, a co-trip. So we agreed and we went down to Lakeland. And when we got down there, we stepped into, we went into uh, Rodney Howard Brown's camp meeting in Lakeland, Florida, which is a move of God in the 90s that shook our nation spiritually. And in those meetings, some really strange stuff was going on. I mean, strange stuff. Stuff that just, you know, it's weird. You you look at it and you go, what is going on? But the most amazing thing was you could, you could, you could sense, you could, it was like the presence of God was there in the midst of all that. I mean, what do I mean by weird? Laughing. I mean, people were laughing uncontrollably. People were being slain in the spirit, falling down on the ground when somebody would pray for them, sometimes when they weren't even praying for them. There were, there were people weeping for, for what seemed like hours. Just all kinds of different things that were happening that was like, what is this? What is this? Just, it's just different. It's weird. And so the, we spent time in it and, and just had a lot of questions, a lot, watched a lot of things. And at one point... 
um, we're watching what's going on, and there, this is happening all around us. All these people. There were, at one point, I think there were eight or nine thousand people in this service, and and just amazing things were happening. Things that could not be choreographed. And Pastor Dan leans over to me and he goes, "So what do you think about this?" And I, I lean over. I go, "Well, I'd say it was weird." If it wasn't happening to me, there was there were things that were happening that were unexplainable in the natural, but they were happening in the spirit, and with it, the fruit. Because that's the first thing I started looking for. Okay, where's where's the fruit? What is the fruit of this? Well, the first fruit, the first thing I saw is, I mean, we're talking about weird stuff happening and thinking, okay, this is just out there. This is just different. But at the end of each meeting, sometimes in the middle of the meeting, sometimes actually at the beginning of the meeting, they would give an altar call and dozens and dozens of people would come forward and get saved. Now, obviously, we don't know how their life turned out over the fact, but that's not the point. The point is, there were people who were moved to make a decision for Christ. Hey, that to me is a fantastic fruit. God can do whatever he wants if people get saved. I have a friend of mine. Some of us know him. Some uh, some know here. He's 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 an engineer by trade. He doesn't go to church here. He goes to church over to Abundant Life. I'd say his name, but then I'd have to pay him or buy him lunch or something. He's an engineer by, by, by trade, but he's also an engineer in his life. He is the most orderly, uh, organized, un, you know, I, I, there's a word, but I can't use it in church, you know, fill in the blank. It's just everything in his world must be square. Everything. He, we, 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 for Deb, Deb and I lived for a while with, uh, at a place that had a pool. And every time he would come over, every deck chair around the pool was perfectly lined up and square. He'd walk around and, and square up all, I mean, just weird. And one day I asked him, I said, how did you get saved? And he goes, well, it's actually a pretty interesting story. Because this guy, everything must, everything is order, everything is neat. And order. He had met this girl. He was not a Christian, he was, but he had met this girl working in, uh, in Oklahoma, Tulsa, Oklahoma. She was working in the same department store as him, and he had seen her, that she was working there, and he thought, hey, she's cute. So he goes over to her, and he goes, hey, he says, would you like to go on a date with me? And her answer was, I'll tell you what, I'll go on a date with you if you go to church with me. Now, young people, missionary dating is not good, okay? I'm just trying to win them to the Lord. Yeah, right, whatever. Whole other discussion. But this is what she said. She goes, because in her mind she thought, this will fix it. You know, I, I don't have to tell him no. He just won't go to church. So his answer was, sure, I'll go to church. Well, she had got to know him a little bit, was actually you know, somewhat interested in him. So she says, I'll meet you at church this Sunday night, such and such a time, this church. He goes, I'll be there. I know right where it's at. I'll be there. So she gets to church early. Well, in her church, things were a bit wild. This was even before this 94. This was back in the 80s. And, and this church was uh, Bob Yandian's church, if anybody here knows who Bob Yandian is. And it was, it, was a, it was an interesting, fun, lively, you know, they, they at times could roll down the aisle and, you know, swing from the chandeliers. You know, they just, you know, 
We don't have that up here. It was too Norwegian up here or too whatever, you know. But, you know, they, they, had, they would have a tendency to do that. So she got there a little early, and she was actually starting to like this guy. So she says, she says, you know, Lord, can you make tonight's service not be so weird? <laughs> yeah, can you, can you kind of you know, keep it mellow? I, I, want, I really do want to see this guy, this guy again. And, if it could, you know, and he didn't show up, didn't show up. Well, the music started. She thought, well, maybe he's just not going to show. So they get to start getting into worship, and all of a sudden she feels a tap on her shoulder. And it's him. So he sits down next to her or stand wherever they were doing by her and worship starts cranking up and it starts cranking up and it starts really cranking up and people started running around the building and they'd run around the building hooting and hollering Woo! they'd run down the aisle and they'd jump and people were jumping over chairs and people were falling out and by the end of worship it was a mess I mean, people were just berserk. They were just unglued. They were just, they couldn't. And she's thinking, I, she kept her eyes closed the whole time because she's going, he's going to leave. I don't want to watch it happen. I just, at the end of worship, the pastor stood up and he says, I just, you know, I really feel led by the Lord to give an altar call. Anybody who wants to come and get saved, come down right now. And she's standing there, she feels movement around her, and she thought, well, there he goes, he's leaving. And she opened her eyes, and he was headed down the aisle. And he got saved. And, she, and, and, and he came back after praying and doing, you know, getting all the literature and everything, and she goes, did you just get saved? <laughs> and he goes, yeah. And she goes, really? I was, so, I was so worried this service would be too weird. And he goes, oh, it was weird. But I could tell it was God, and I needed whatever they had. So when God truly moves, stuff happens. I mean, good stuff. Good fruit happens. Things happen. People get saved. They, 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 they make a decision in their life to live right. They may get healed. They may, things will happen. And, if, and that's the kind of stuff I'm looking for. It's not, the, it's not the, 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 the thing that happens. The moment we make the thing that happens the center then it's wrong. Right. What it's about is what's God doing. But when you participate and allow God to do whatever he wants, what do I mean, what do I mean by participate? When you feel led, when God try, wants to do something, if it wasn't for the first person who ran around that room that night, would the second person have gone? Now, some, some churches, it doesn't matter. Somebody's going to run. Somebody's going to do something wild. But not always. Sometimes people are waiting. And once somebody does something, then everybody, you know, then, then it's, it feels, gets, gives you permission. When we participate in what God wants to do, then he's able to minister however he wants. And that's what happened last week. Remember I talked about that. So there's times when we have to die to ourselves. We have to lay down our lives. I didn't want to act like that. But in that situation, whatever it takes for God to do what he wants to do, if I need to be the first one to do whatever I need to do, then to give him glory, then I'll be that first person. But we all need to do that. We need to have that heart that whatever God wants, it doesn't always have to be weird. It just has to be obedient. 
Be obedient to pray for somebody if God leads you to pray for them. Okay, I'll pray for you. I, I don't know what's about to happen, but I'm just going to be, I, I feel led to do it, so I'm going I'm to pray. Be led to, to, to encourage them or call them up and just say, hey, how are you doing? Can I encourage you this week? Whatever it is, we need to be able to cooperate with God. Now, was there fruit from last week? That needs to be submitted. We need to submit these things. Say, God, was there fruit? What, what came out of what happened last week? And I know that many people have come to me and said, God really touched me because of this, and you said this, or this happened, and, and, and whatever. At one point, Tom came forward and gave an illustration, something that the Lord had given him. Now, what does that mean? The Lord gave it to him. I don't know. I can't, I can't describe that to you. There are some things about the Spirit you can't describe. The Lord gave it to him. Did he see it? You know, there's all kinds of ways for God to speak to us. He speaks to us through the Word. That's the primary way. Primary. <laughs> primary. I put the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable. <laughs> the Word of God is the primary way. And everything else that we hear or see needs to be lined up with that word. But there's sometimes you see, people see open visions. I mean, you see stuff that happens and it's just, it's like it's a movie, you know, in front of your face. In all the years I've been walking with God, that's only happened maybe once for me. Some people might, might see something, what, what we, what people would say, they see it in the spirit. That they just you 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 know you're praying and all of a sudden it's like you know you, you just have this mind thought I don't know I mean I, I don't want to put like big boxes around this stuff I don't know exactly how it works sometimes here, the way it works for me most of the time how God many times just speaks to me is I just know something I know something I didn't know before and I don't I can't explain how I know it other than I just know it and when I act on it there's fruit something happens. But God can do this with everybody. God, God does these things. Well, Tom had that, had that word about the pitcher and the water and, and everything like that. And it was just, I mean, I, I'm standing here trying to hold the microphone because I had, I had purpose. I'm not saying anything until whatever's happened to me stops. And when Tom came up and said, hey, he says, the Lord just showed me something. I, I feel like I'm supposed to share it. I was like, thank you. That means I don't have to say anything. Because every time I was opening my mouth on Sunday, it was just, bleh. <clears throat> so I thought I was safe standing over here holding a microphone <clears throat> while he talked until he said the exact thing that the Holy Spirit had been saying to me all morning. How does God do that? That's by His Spirit. He was speaking to me about that He wants, he, His heart was just groaning for people to know who they are in Him. I mean, yearning, just a, a, a deep sense of desire that each one of us, each one of you, understands who you are in Christ. And that was the part. See, I was, I was hearing those things in the Spirit, knowing them, hearing them. I don't know, I can't, how do you explain that? But it was just deep in me all day long, and every time I would think about it, it would overwhelm. I was, it was like an overwhelming sense of, of, of love. And that overwhelming sense of love came out <laughs> that day and many and most other times two different ways. One is through emotion. Why? Because my body doesn't know how to express 
what, what I'm understanding from God. And it came out part Simon in tears that moment. When he, and when he said the exact words God had been speaking to me all morning, it just bleh. And that came out in a sob, okay? Hallelujah. <laughs> but it wasn't that God was crying. It was that my body was reacting to what I was experiencing in the Spirit. And that's just the way my body reacted. And then one time over here, I have to apologize for any children I scared. But it came out in kind of a maniacal laugh. I, I apologize for that. <laughs> but it's one of those things where you can't always control what happens. One of the, one of the really weird things that I saw at, at the 94, and this is just a sidelight, has nothing to do with anything, I probably shouldn't even share it, but it just I keep thinking about it, because it was so amazing. I watched, it's like, there is no way you could do that. There's no way you could purpose to do that. They were praying for people, and it was just like, wham, wham, wham. People were falling down under the power. And, they were, and, and so they, they, somebody said, more ushers, and these two guys, this is a huge auditorium, it's a 10,000 seat auditorium, church service. And these two guys come running down the middle aisle. And I mean, they're running as fast as they can down that aisle because people are falling. Wham, 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 wham. And they're trying to catch them and they're not catching them fast enough. The power of God is moving. And these two guys come running down the aisle. And at the exact same second, the top half of their body stopped and their bottom kept going and their leg just went woo like this. And they literally were in the air sideways, you know, on, like this, about this far off the ground, and they both went wham, hit the ground. I mean, it was like somebody had a piano wire strung across. The, I was like, there's no way you could, for, I don't know how you do that. That had nothing to do with anything. But <laughs> weird stuff, just weird stuff. I don't know why God does things that way. Usually it's to get our attention. And because he's God, he can do, I, I'm fairly convinced he likes just freaking us out. I do. I think he just, he's God, and he just knows that there's some things that are just like, oh, that's, a, that's just weird. That's just amazing. So Tom shared that, that testimony, that shared that, what he saw, and it was powerful. It was powerful. But was there fruit from it? Now, I've heard from a number of people that said, wow, that, just, that, was, that really ministered to me. But I've asked Kathy to, she, she forgot that she to, I told her, you're going to share this testimony today. Kathy shared something with me in the middle of the week, and I thought, you, got, you have to share this testimony, because it's a testimony of what God does. Last week, when, um, well, after Sunday, um, I actually didn't, wasn't in here <laughs> When this all happened, I came in after because we were working in the coffee ministry. So all I saw was Pastor John standing in the corner and Tom having the picture and, and in, with the, with it already immersed in the water. And so, um, I listened to the, the, um, it online and I, I was strange because I kept listening to it over and over again. I, I, and it really touched my heart. And as the week, week went on, I had people that I administered to all week long. And as they came each time, the Lord said, have them listen to that very beginning of the, the, t- the tape. And so I did. Oh, I, 
I have, I um, do counseling and um, minister to people, finding out what is the root of why we do what we do, and the wrong thing. But and God wants us to be doing the right thing. But he, and He wants wants us to know who we are in Christ. So that that but, was. But you're a, you're a biblical counselor. I'm a biblical counselor. Yes. yes. Yes, licensed minister, biblical counselor. So during the um, session, um, and each time was different. It was it was like the Lord would say, "Okay, now have them listen to this." And as I did, one of one of them, um, it, it was like right away, and it was interesting because this person just was talking about everybody else. And they were talking and talking and talking. And I was like, the Lord was saying to me, goodness, the Lord's saying to me, <laughs> he's saying, you need to have her listen to this. And I said, okay. And I finally said, you keep talking about everybody else, but he wants you to know that you're loved. And she's just like, and it, again, I said it again, and then I had her listen, and she just sat back. And it was so amazing how as, as it just ministered to her heart, and she got free. I mean, it was like this instant freedom going, it isn't all about everybody else. He really, I mean, it is about everybody else, but it's about me too. And sometimes I think in our lives what happens is we are so concerned about everybody else that we forget that he has something for us and we stop listening to what he has for each one of us in and the stuff that's in our hearts. He wants us free from that too. And then the other person, um, and there was a few, but the other person... Um, just had come and was it was he was had really a heavy heart and the lord said have him listen to this and as he did i could just see the lights go on in his heart that god ministered to him too and so and that and then another one the same thing happened and it was like over and over again that god just would remove, um, it was like a blinder came off of their eyes and they could see who they were in him and that they were important to him. And they, and God wants so much for us to know that he, you're wanted and that you're needed in, in Christ, in him to do what he's called you to do. So there needs to be fruit when God moves. So what was that? What, what, what was happening there that was... I want to read on in Romans chapter 8. Go down to verse 26. This is the verse I started the, set, the, the service out with this morning. Romans chapter 8 verse 26 and 27, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. 
And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. There are times when we pray that we don't actually know what to pray for. We don't know what we're praying for. There are times when we pray that as we pray by the Spirit, all we can do is be led by Him. Because we don't know. I don't know what's happening specifically in your life right now. I know about your life. I know your family. I know, I know things that are going on. I, I, I know you guys, and I know you. I mean, I know you in as much as, you know, we've, we've spent time together, and I know you personally, and you may know some things about me, but I don't know specifically what's going on in your heart right now. But the Holy Spirit does. And there are times when we pray, and He leads us to pray, that nothing happens. I mean, it doesn't seem to be where nothing happens. There's no manifestation, there's no feeling, there's no anything, but we pray by the Spirit by faith. There are those times, and I would say that's the majority of the time. I would say it's, I mean, you, I don't even, you can't put a percentage on, because I'd have to have the data points for you, you know, nerd people out there. But, it's a huge percentage of the time when I pray in the Spirit and nothing, I don't feel anything, I don't sense anything, I don't, I don't get any, you know, anything. And, it, and you do that anyway. You do that by faith. How does Tom, how does Tom hear the voice of God? How did Tom see that? How did Tom understand what God wanted to minister? Because how did Tom say the exact words that the Holy Spirit had been saying to me all morning? How did he say it to me? How did I know? Well, I, I, Tom's not here to defend himself. <laughs> but my guess is, is because he spends a lot of time with God. When you spend a lot of time with God, and I know he does. I, I, I've talked to him about it. We, we've talked. When you spend a lot of time with God, you start hearing things. And you start knowing things. And it's not ooey-wooey, it's just God. It's ooey wooey to human beings, but it's not, it's, it's God. It's, it's Him wanting to communicate with His people. And when you listen, when you're listening to, to the Spirit of God and you're expecting Him to speak to you, He'll do it. He does do it. And you'll, you'll hear Him better and better to the point where you will hear exact words. That's why I lost it, because it's just that, that overwhelming, because He said the exact phrase, and I hadn't said anything about what, what was happening. God's amazing. Every one of you can have that kind of relationship with God. Well, yeah, well, that's, that's Pastor John. I mean, he's a pastor, of course, you know. He has a special dispensation from God. <laughs> I'll just get to know Pastor John and ask him questions and have him tell me what I'm supposed to do. Okay, then what's the deal with Tom? He works in a he works for 3M. He's a scientist. I don't know what he does exactly. It's just over my head. But he's just a guy, right? He's not a professional. He's just a guy. And there's a number of other ones in here. In our prayer time just now, somebody had something. They said they they said, I don't know, I just I feel like this is God is saying this. Yeah, exactly. And I wanted to jump up and down because I'm going, that's, that is the, that, 
you're hearing the right thing. That's awesome. Every one of us can be moved by the Spirit. And by the Spirit, when we yield ourselves to Him, when we allow Him to work through us, when we obey His Word and do what He tells us to do, amazing things will happen. Ethan, Ethan, can you get me a drink of water, please? Can you get me a, a glass of water from the, from the kitchen? Case in point. You're just following your, your father's voice. You're just listening. And then you just do whatever he says to do. All I was doing last week was just following his voice. Now, you have to be willing to also be very yielded. <laughs> there are sometimes when, when nothing happens, when it doesn't seem like anything extraordinary is happening, but there are times when there, where it will be extraordinary. There are times when it will be. Thank you. Appreciate that. When it's deeply impactful. Each one of us can be a son and daughter of God and obey our Father's voice. And when we obey our Father's voice, man, if Tom hadn't done what, if he hadn't obeyed last week, if he hadn't done, how many of us would have, been, would have had it less than we do right now? That, then how many of us would have, I mean, it just it did something. It changed something in our lives. And there's people who weren't even here last week that it's changing their lives, setting them free. By one act of obedience, being obedient in whatever it is. Now I know, I know that's not the only time Tom has ever obeyed the voice of God. I know he even does it in his workplace. He's told me some testimonies of problems that nobody could solve. He'd say, and his boss would come up and say, Hey, Tom, can you do what you do and, and get the answer? <laughs> he goes, all right. So he prays about it. God gives him the answer. It comes back and solves the problem. That's just life. That's the life of the Spirit of God. In the natural world. This stuff works for, in the natural. You can be the answer to natural problems because you have the Spirit of God living in you and you are, are a son and a daughter of God and He wants to lead you and guide you, but you have to yield yourself to it. You have to be listening. Listening. Well, I just don't know how to do that. Okay. I don't want to put rules to it. Five minutes a week, or five minutes a day this week, stop. Say, Lord, I'm listening. I'm just listening. And if nothing happens, go, thanks, Lord, you spent five minutes. I, you know, thanks, thanks. You're, building a, you're building a discipline. You're building a habit in your life. Then the next week, it's kind of like push-ups. Right now, I am trying to build push-ups. In two months, I have to be able to do 90 push-ups, 90 sit-ups, and 90 squats. 
after a six-hour test. Right now, I'm working on it. (laughs) I'm not there yet. But I'm spending time every day doing some push-ups. And now this next week, I have to do more push-ups. And the week after that, I have to do more push-ups. You just start working. You start exercising those muscles. If you're not reading the, the Bible every day, start out with five minutes. Don't go, okay, God, I'm going to commit to reading an hour a day in your presence. Don't do that. You won't do it. Just like I'm not doing 30 push-ups this week, a day, you know, or per situation, you know, per... I need to get to 90. I'm not even to 30 yet. But by two months, I'm going to be able to do 90. By the end of the summer, who knows how much time you'll be spending time in the presence of God. But start doing it a little bit now, five minutes a day. Then when you, once you five minutes a day for a week, and if you miss, don't go, that's it, I give up. Then just do five minutes the next day. Just pick it up. By doing something, it's better than nothing. But God wants to work through your spirit. And his spirit does have the answers. His spirit, and sometimes that comes out in groanings. There have been times when those prayers come out different, strange. That was different. That was, that was some groaning going on last Sunday. That's okay. I'd rather, I want to be a sign and a wonder. I, I, want, I want God to use me however he wants. And if that means sometimes I have to act a little weird, so be it. Because who am I anyway? I'm his son. He laid down his life for me. Groanings. Why does God do the things he does? Because he wants to get people's attention. Sometimes he needs to get people's attention. People won't notice unless something happens. Jesus did all kinds of miracles. I mean, some miracles that are so deeply spiritual healed blind eyes, lepers. He did all kinds of miracles. But then he did some miracles that, you know, okay, it's like, theologically speaking, why would you do that? Turned water into wine, walked on water. I mean, there were plenty of boats around. He just did it. Yielding to him. Allowing him to minister how he wants through you. Being a son and daughter of God. Hey, how many parents love it when their kids are just good kids and they're just obedient kids and they just, they just do something and you just go, man, thank you for being my daughter. Thank you for being my son. Thank you for not turning out like me. So far. Better keep it up. Being yielded to him. Allowing him to use you. Those aren't, these aren't the last signs and wonders, the last interesting things that happen. I guarantee you, it's increasing. It's increasing. Why? Because more of you are becoming more bold. You're becoming more and more bold to step out and do just whatever God leads you to do, even if it's just a little different.
Asking somebody to pray for them that they'll be healed is different in this world. Asking somebody to pray for them, pray for their marriage. When they, when they come to work and they're just, they're, everything's falling apart in their life and, and they say, will you pray for my marriage? Absolutely I'll pray for your marriage. And it's not up to you whether the marriage gets straightened out. It's not like you're the one who's carrying that burden to, to fix the marriage, but you have, you have the opportunity to pray for them to bring the presence of God into that situation. What happened last week was God allowed me to, to, to demonstrate his heart, bring his, his life into this situation. That's all we're doing in, in everyday life is you're bringing the presence of God. You're bringing his, his message, his kingdom into that place, whether it's, the, whether it's the, the sheriff's office, whether it's the coffee house, whether it's the school, whether it's whatever you're doing, you're bringing the presence of God there and the kingdom of God and demonstrating it for everybody who's around you. And when you live by kingdom principles, when you allow God to lead you and you obey because he's your Lord and you allow him to to do, if he says to do this, you're going, that's weird. Why would I do that? But you obey him. Watch what he does. Years ago, I was uh, dealing with a guy. uh, He and his wife, I had married his, he and his wife, uh, very early on in the ministry, and he came one day. Just he, I hadn't, hadn't seen him for years, and I was in my office, and all of a sudden I hear a voice out in the hall, and and somebody asked where I was, and he came back. It was this guy I hadn't seen him forever? I said, "Hey, how are you doing?" He goes, "Not very good." He says, "My my marriage is falling apart. My wife is going to leave me." And he says, "What do I need to do?" Well, the Holy Spirit told me, "Well, you got to get saved." You mean you married somebody who wasn't saved? I've done all kinds of weird things, okay? Just <laughs> he, was try- he was professing. I couldn't prove that he wasn't, so what do you do? He said, you need to get saved. I don't know if I want to do that. And I said, I don't think I didn't then, then deal with your marriage then. I mean, there's nothing we can do about it. Eventually he got saved. Then he got filled with the Holy Ghost. Then he started obeying God. One day he calls me up and he goes, because we had been talking deeply about, okay, when this, she's, she's going to do this, and when she does that, listen to what God tells you to do. Well, <laughs> he calls me up and he goes, oh, i, I got to check something with you, man. This is just crazy. Because his wife was taking all these expensive trips. She was just spending money wildly by going on these expensive trips. And, and she had come in that night, the night before, and she said, I'm going to go over and I'm going to do this. And he says, he says, I, he says I wanted to just react and go, no, you're not. And he said, but I stopped like you told me to, and I, I just prayed, God, just show me what to do. And he says, I heard this still small voice that said, let her go and tell her to have a fun time. He goes, I just need to double check with you that that could be God, okay? Because <laughs> that's not my answer. That's not what I want to do. And I said, hey, it's up to you, man. It's your choice. You get to either listen or not listen, do it. And it's not my fault if it blows up, okay? It's not my deal. Oh. <sighs> Could that, could that be God? I said, absolutely, that could be God. But you're going to have to know that for sure. He calls me up the next day. Well, I did it, and she's going. And I said, smile, just keep smiling. Keep loving on her. Tell her to have a good time. Help her out. She went on the trip. He was just beside himself. He goes, this, here, here's some, here goes another huge amount of money. A couple of weeks later, he comes in my office and he goes, you are not going to believe what just happened. 
And I said, try me. And he said, she went on the trip. And while she was on the trip, she met this person, this other woman who was a minister. And that person told her that she was living her life wrong, that she needed to stop it, and she needed to get it straightened out, and she needed to deal with it and go back to her husband, repent, and, get, and, and get work on the marriage. And he goes, she did. <laughs> now, if he would not let her go on that trip, would she have met that person or a person like her? I don't know. Very interesting, isn't it? Being led by the Spirit of God. Sons and daughters are led by the Spirit of God. Okay, I'm going to close there. Something to think about. This week, be led by the Spirit of God. Be sons and daughters of God. Be led. Let's stand. Father, thank you. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, for your voice leading us and guiding us, however you speak to us, and for leading us into all truth. Thank you for it, Father. I pray, Father, that this week will be just full of life, full of hope, full of healing, full of power for each and every one. Thank you, Jesus, that you are working in our midst and you're working in our lives and that we get to be co-laborers with you. Thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.